0: I just see it all the time with real estate investors that it's very difficult to manage cash flow because of the unpredictability. Mm -hmm. How do you beat that?
1: I mean, you can't make it predictable. We're not Miss Cleo. I have (laughs) no, I have no magic eight ball, I have no crystal ball. But one thing we can do is we put together these hypotheticals. And like it's not the woo-woo stuff. I'm not very big into the woo-woo things, but what I do is when you introduce these scenarios to a business owner and you say, Well, if this Then this. So if this happens, the next domino moves this way, and the next domino moves this way. You can create these scenarios for business owners where they realize the impact and and the flow of when this happens. Then this will happen next, or this is where I want to head next. They can see the path in front of them. It's like programming a destination and a GPS and seeing the turns that are coming up. Mm -hmm. And we can do these different scenario builds. So we'll do a cash flow forecast, but we'll do it the most conservative. The most aggressive and find something in between with a lot of what ifs built into it to figure out, okay, we're going to be good even in the worst case scenario. Right. And if that's the case, go for it. Yeah. You know, take a risk because we're good even in the worst case scenario painted there. And I also think that there's something psychological with business owners. If they see what will happen, they can see the future in numbers or see what will happen if they make a certain decision. It does affect the decision and it affects how they consume the information. Because now they're interested. Now they're kind of like leaning in and saying, oh, wow, I didn't know this was possible. And I say, yeah, I couldn't tell you how many business owners I work with who hit their first million dollar year with me. We mapped it out for them. And they were like, that's all I have to do to hit a million. Mm -hmm. And we broke it down and stripped it down into just actions or numbers of clients and numbers of offers to sell. And although it's so simple, Ryan, to go, it's this divided by this Like, it's just a very simple formula it's very hard to grasp when you have to sell it.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't say it's even simple because when people, for instance, I'll do like a training or something mm-hmm. and it'll be about how to flip houses Yeah, and people will sometimes be in the comments like, dude, flipping houses is easy. You just, you know, you buy the house, you fix it up and you sell it. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that is the simplicity of it. Yeah. Um, but how do you get the deal? How do you raise the money? How do you hire the contractor? Simple, contract?
1: not easy. Yeah, it is It is a
0: simple thing to grasp. Um, You know, there are things that are not simple, like being a CPA. Yeah, You're like, okay, well, if I'm gonna explain to you what the balance sheet is, it's gonna take some time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so simple. Um, So yeah, there, there are simple things. And I think as an entrepreneur, I do tend to wanna just think about things simply because that's how you take action. Because there's a lot of things I've done in my life where- If I would have known all the details beforehand, I'd have been like, no way. That's too much work. It's too risky. It's too whatever. But because I didn't know and I just went into it with a simple mindset, you know, you solve problem after problem after problem. And then a year later, you look at it and you're like, dang, dude, that was a lot of work, but I'm glad I did it.
1: But that's the value you provide now is that you went through that. Yeah. You know all those things now, have the information to go back and say, well, I probably wouldn't have made that same decision. But if you didn't, you wouldn't know that. Yeah. So it's this whole catch 22 idea of it, but that's why it's so valuable what you and other creators are doing in teaching that to other people to say, Hey, here are the, uh, you know, the speed bumps or the, the potholes I hit along the way. just mm-hmm. so you
0: know. Yeah. thousand percent. So what was it like when you finally made that decision? You know, how much were you making,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, were you just simply forecasting like, you know what? We're good. The side hustle is going to be good. Yeah. Like, did you build it up? You built them both up. How was that?
1: I built them both up, but I was burning out like crazy and I was hitting the pre tax season December and I had to make a call. And I just said to my husband, we sat down because we do all this together. And I said, listen, I know you're supposed to be the business owner. I'm supposed to be the the mortgage payment. Like I'm supposed to have the steady paycheck. I totally get it. But this side hustle that I'm building, if I'm spending 10 to 15 hours a week building this or 20 hours a week building this, and I was, I called it the seven to 10, seven to 10, right? It was like the morning and the evening. And if I'm doing this, and I can make, you know, 250, 300 grand a year, which is where I was at in yeah. revenue. I said, imagine what I can do when I'm 40 plus hours a week mm-hmm. and I'm loving it. And I said, this is, I just need that time. I, I, I hit a capacity. Yeah. I hit, this is how much time I can spend. This is how much money I can make in that time. And it wasn't necessarily trading time for money, but it was how much time I could legitimately spend without investing all that money into a team and then therefore having no cash flow to get myself out of the job. So it was this balance of priorities going – The it was the chess pieces moving in the right order. So it was get Shannon out of the job, have me invest time, then use that time to make money, and then invest the money in buying back the time. Right. It's just that constant cycle of entrepreneurship.
0: Right. Yeah, my – one of my favorite people in the world. His name is Dan Martell. He spoke at WealthCon, our last one in July, but he has a book called Buy Back Your Time. Yeah. And uh, very good book for anyone who's listening. But I think it's important that you said that because a lot of people um, are currently, I mean, the majority of people have a nine to five, whatever you would call it, but they want more, right? They want freedom. They want to make more money. Yeah. They they want to have a their own thing. And so like, I think this, this, uh, era of the side hustle or entrepreneurs very, like it just continues to get big because everybody at this point is probably an entrepreneur to some degree. Like even all my own employees, like they, they work for me, but they got stuff going on on the side too, which I think is great. Um, but what people don't understand is that for it to be truly successful and become more than a side hustle, it takes time. And yeah. you're going to have to like do both simultaneously unless you're just willing to quit cold Turkey and bet on it.
1: Yeah. Unless you have good savings and other good income source, yeah. right? You have to have that cushion, but it's also not static where you have to build up a cushion and then you can just jump. It has to, it's all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of when you're getting off what train, but yeah. they're all moving. And I'm glad you brought that up
0: because it's not that, Hey, I'm going to save up. Then I'm going to do this Right. because
1: not linear. You, well, you're just
0: not even going to get to saving up. Right.
1: Because you're never going to save up. It's like, well, you're never going to lose the 10 pounds. Yeah. It's like, I'll, I'll, when I lose 10 pounds, I'll go get a trainer. Okay. We're still waiting, you know, and you're going to give yourself an impossible milestone because you don't have the tools to get the money to save up yet. Mm -hmm. And that's the very thing that, that is actually going to equip you with the tools. So it's this kind of ironic circle you're going to go through. And I would say the best thing to do is just do it. And actually where we landed, me and my husband. I actually presented a pitch to him because we're, <laughs> we're both business people. I mean, you should have seen our, like having our pre-marriage conversation was like a merger. Conversation How long have you guys been, m- been married? Uh, we've been married. Oh gosh. What year is it? <laughs> six <laughs> years, six years, six years. We've been together for seven. And when we got, I mean, we were in our t- late twenties, early thirties when we got married. So we had a merger of two separate net net worths. Yeah. So we were very clear on Hey, like, show me your tax return. I'll show you mine. Right? This was the whole <laughs> conversation. We were yeah. we we're nerds, right? So we were uh, focused on that. And the conversation I had with Jason, my husband, was, "Hey, here's the, here's the deal. Give me six months. Give me from January to June. Let me get through a tax season, and let me show you by June that I can self sustain this and I can bring home the cash flow we need based on this projection. If I cannot do that, I will find another job, but it ain't this one." Mm. And I, I gave – because there isn't a start and stop, like you said. It's not linear. It's not like I quit my job and now I, I am banned from corporate America for the rest of my life. Yeah. No, get another job. There's plenty of jobs. We yeah, yeah. have a marketable skill set, right? Yeah. I'm a CPA. I go
0: – are always be in demand.
1: Exactly. We'll always be in demand. So if you have a marketable skill set – which is really so many skill sets right now. There is almost no reason. There's no worst case scenario other than going back to your job. And if you're living in your worst case scenario, you got nowhere to go but up.
0: Yeah. And if you worked at one of the big four, the other three will hire you.
1: In a heartbeat. And not that I would ever want to go back there, but there's like, there's so many places that will hire a a solid accountant. And when you're confident in your skills and you know, you can deliver quality, that's all that matters because Mm -hmm. someone will hire you. You'll find the right team. You'll find the right fit. And entrepreneurship is not for everybody, right? I think that everyone thinks they have to work in this horrible corporate job, or they have to go start their own business. And I'm like, there is stuff in between, you can work for another entrepreneur, you can, you know, help build another business, or you can go off on your own. But just understand that if that doesn't work out for whatever reason, you're not a failure. It doesn't mean anything about you personally, you can always go back to finding another job and give yourself that six month runway to try and to go all in on it just to commit to it.